Welcome to the Imperfect Harmony podcast with me, your girl, Roxy Carstens. To be in harmony means that no matter what life throws you away, you remain in peace. Doesn't that sound like a dream? Well, stop dreaming and come sit with me every week as I share the wisdom, tools, and rituals you need in order to find perfect harmony for your mind, body, and soul. I'll be covering all topics spirituality-inspired to help you recalibrate your mind, rejuvenate your body, and connect with your soul. Hello and welcome back to the Imperfect Health, oh, Imperfect Health, Imperfect Harmony podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm super excited today because I have an incredible guest on. Um, I met her through the internet. I was um, looking for guest speakers for a masterclass in my goddess sisterhood and she connected with me and I just have such a beautiful, I feel like she has such a beautiful energy and she has so much to offer. She really did have an incredible masterclass in my sisterhood and we've just kept in contact ever since and it's only natural that I felt like I really wanted to to have her or have you on the podcast because I just think you'll have so much wisdom and beauty to offer our followers um, or our listeners. So we have Stephanie on today. She is a beautiful, beautiful spiritual mentor and healer. And she really focuses on the divine feminine using embodiment practices. That's what I remember from our masterclass. It was such a beautiful practice. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, you can introduce yourself, Steph, and just let everyone know who you are, what you do, anything else you want to share. Yeah, thank you for that beautiful introduction. Um, so yes, I'm Stephanie. I am spiritual mentor, healer. I am really focused on helping empowering women to really become the full them, you know, really shaking them down to their core and, you know, helping them become more of who they really are. And I feel especially for the modern woman, really connecting to embodiment and also just this more feminine energy is really an important part of that, especially because we are, you know, living in a society that's still very much driven off of this like alpha sort of masculine type A energy, especially, uh, yeah, for most of us, we grew up, you know, kind of socialized in that way. So um, yeah, so that's just a little bit about me and the work that I do. Amazing. Amazing. I love, I love what you said. And I think like just watching the almost like the way that this coaching industry is going because obviously I follow a lot of coaches and have a lot of coaches in my field it's so interesting to see how reawakening the feminine is becoming such a big topic and of course you said we grew up in this world where it is like a very masculine energy we like we've patriarchy <laughs> mm -hmm. has created this environment where women are viewed as lesser and it's like not okay to show emotions and we also need to hustle 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 and do 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 so I love that you are bringing this work to the world um so yeah let me start off because mm. obviously we have people who are listening who probably might have never heard of this before but like what does it mean to embody the feminine to to mm -hmm. peel back the layers and find that feminine essence at your core mm-hmm Mm, there's yeah there's so many ways I could go with that but <laughs> um I think one you covered a few things so 
a lot of our worth in society is based off of doing, right? It's based off of our accomplishments, based off of our productivity. And I think some of coming back to the feminine is really about, you know, basing just one, our worth on like one, like we are whole as a person already. And then also coming back more into that being. So like, I can just be like, I don't need to feel guilty or I don't need to feel shame around not meeting these expectations or not doing this. And then also a bit of that nurturing, because I think a lot, um, I think the world, not that it feels cold sometimes, but I feel like the world is just, you know, we're so focused on progressing and reaching new heights and technology and so on. And like really amazing things, of course, but I think some of that feminine is really coming back into, into nature, into nurturing. So really coming back into our own nature, being one with, you know, the nature around us and also learning to nurture, right? So it's like coming from that really genuine place of like nurturing, you know, not from a place of I have to save people or I have to, you know, make people better. It's like nurturing myself, nurturing others, nurturing my relationships, nurturing, you know, all of these relationships we have. And I think that's part of the feminine as well. Like, you know, just like the mother archetype, you know, it's like nurture, you know? So I think a lot of the feminine is like kind of undoing that, you know, thing that says like, oh, you know, these things around nurture or being a mother or being a bit softer, or being a bit like different, like that's not a bad thing now. Mm-hmm. Like we can actually embrace that part of our personality and it doesn't, or that part of our being. And it's not, um, you know, there's room for that. It's like the fullness of who we are. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that you touched on guilt as well, because I see it so much with women who are now trying to like balance their masculine and feminine energies and be more in their feminine, just being and flowing and surrendering and nurturing and all the beautiful things that you said. But guilt is a feeling that is always coming up because obviously we have been programmed to believe that we need to be doing stuff all the time. If we're not doing something, we're wasting our time or we, we're not going to like reach that next level fast enough. So I'm just interested to hear from your perspective, like what are ways that you can help people to start dealing with this guilt and get over the fact that they don't have to be doing stuff all the time in order to be whatever it is they think they need to be. Yeah. Um, One thing that just like stuck out to me, like right away as I was revisiting this old Brene Brown TED talk around vulnerability so it's like her first one about vulnerability and the second one is around shame and I think part of coming into our you know releasing some of that shame and that guilt is like really coming into like where am I you know maybe scared to be vulnerable where am I maybe scared to feel a bit more like I don't know right like I think part of like being human is saying like the things that we don't know or that we're uncertain about or that make us uncomfortable and kind of releasing a bit of that shame and guilt to saying like, I'm human, right? So it's like really embracing that, that humanness. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us are taught to like put on a front and like everything's okay. And I, you know, I have a good job. I have this, I have that, I have this, but it's like, I think really starting to look at yourself and really examining like, okay, yeah, like maybe things are okay, but you know, where can I allow myself a bit more 
honesty and where can I be more vulnerable or where can I come into this really um, this humanness mm. and not feel so like I have to have it right or I have to have this perfect so it's like kind of looking at one I guess like where we feel the need to be perfect more so like where that perfectionism comes in and then two like the parts of us that were like oh I actually don't know something you know like because we all can't possibly know everything like I don't know everything you don't know everything so it's like looking at these two aspects of like where I feel the need to overperform and be perfect and maybe the parts where I feel like oh I don't even want to lead on that I don't know something or that I don't feel comfortable in relationships or I don't feel comfortable with intimacy like so it's like kind of examining your life, I think, in those two areas, for example. I love that. I think that's so powerful. And I think, I mean, so many people are waking up to the fact that there is more to life than like having a good job and like making all this money and having nice cars and really like looking deeper, like what is it that fulfills me? What is it that makes me happy? And I think that's where that radical honesty and that vulnerability starts to come into that journey. And I feel like without those two things, like there's no way you can start your healing journey because in order to, to heal and work through the traumas and work through the conditioning and work through all these things, you need to be able to sit with yourself and firstly be very honest and be like, this is what I'm struggling with or this is what's uh, triggering me or this is what I'm like feeling right now. And that's like the first step into figuring out what it is that you need to do to start this healing process. And then again, being vulnerable, being able to share, like you said, I don't know, like, please, can somebody help me? Please, can someone just give me some advice or like sharing with someone so that you can soundboard off of each other and like get that sense of community and support. So I love that you put uh, pinpointed those two things, because I think that's also, it's crazy. I think <laughs> as mm. we become more conscious, we become more like, synchronized as a collective right because i'm seeing so many synchronicities with the journeys that people are going on right now and the collective energy is so strong so seeing this radical honesty and this uh, vulnerability come up in our conversation i've seen it come up in so many other so, so many other circles so i think that's so beautiful that you brought that up yeah yeah absolutely i yeah, I love that you brought up like these, like noticing the synchronicities and how we are, you know, of course, we're all mirrors. So especially people in your field will really reflect that um, people in your circle and so on. But I think now people are realizing that we're not so isolated in our little like nuclear families and nuclear bubbles that like, you know, we are kind of raised, especially I think like in the West, it's like, okay, you have your family and your friends and, you know, you're not thinking about the collective, you're not thinking about society, maybe um, the cosmos, all of these things, you know, so it's like, we're actually starting to examine, like, how, you know, how we're connected together, and then maybe how other influences can, you know, impact us, for example, so mm. we're not so in this little bubble anymore, and I think, if anything, the last few years have really opened us up to that, like, even in a pandemic, and all of these things that have kind of unfolded, like, you know, you can try to be in your bubble, but it's probably like, you know, I think everyone's kind of been forced out of their kind of not, not physical bubble, obviously, because of a pandemic, but more of this cognitive, emotional bubble that we mm -hmm. lived in. Mm, like a comfort zone bubble. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Because <laughs> I think uh, the last few years, everyone's kind of like awakened more to like, these are the things that I'm healing or these are like things that have come up for me or these are the things I'm just not happy with. Like you don't even have to heal it right away, but it's just knowing that it's like, oh, like taking a more honest look at like what, you know, what is my life? What is life? You know, what's important? What's not? Mm-hmm. 100%. And I always say like as much as, as COVID like wreaked havoc on the entire world and everything that we once thought was normal, like it was a beautiful time because it really did force people to, to sit at home and have to deal with being mm-hmm. with themselves and have any distractions to keep them distracted, you know? So there has been a huge consciousness shift just from this pandemic because a lot of people have had to sit by themselves at home <laughs> space in their own head and start to really think about their lives and what it is that is actually bringing them fulfillment. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, yeah, even for myself, the like two years ago during the pandemic, that kind of sparked some of my, some of my deeper healing not ever but like it definitely kind of shifted what I was focusing on what I thought was possible and yeah there was no there was no avoidance and I think especially for our generation there is very much this feeling of like oh you know we can travel you can get away you can go out you can party like you know there's for people I can't imagine people who are really young but (laughs) like people in their 20s and 30s like you know, a lot of, I, I think our lives were based off of like going out, doing things, traveling, hopping on a plane, like, mm-hmm. you know, this whole phenomena of like, really just being able to go anywhere you want, wherever, you, whenever you want. And like, kind of this escapism even, or this sort of like very pleasure seeking escapist way, but it's like not, um, you know, we all had to take a look at that and like, oh, I can't just like, hop on a plane anymore and I can't just go to a party and forget my problems now Mm, 100% escapism I was actually going to say that when you when you finished saying what you're going to say like we we were forced to get all of these things we used as escapism they were taken away from us so (laughs) it's only Mm -hmm. natural that we all had to turn inwards and be like okay let me just reassess my life for a second and see what needs to change yeah um, but in saying that, I think it's been a beautiful thing that has happened <laughs> in that in that aspect. Obviously, there's a lot of negative stuff that has happened. Of course. Um, I wanted to now let's. I wanted to ask you. So, for anyone who's listening, who's like, I didn't even realize there was like stepping more into my feminine. What does that look like? I know you touched on nurturing and all of that stuff, but what is the feminine energy? What is the essence of that? Mm, okay I think for me coming into the feminine one of the first things is really coming back into the body um being really less in the head so kind of like we talked about this in your master class like a lot of us um you know we kind of operate from the top down essentially and really we should start operating from like the bottom you know a bit more especially if we're you know, if we consider ourselves like a feminine, you know, so we want to start getting in touch with the body. And for me, I think two parts that really stand out are like the heart and the womb. So like 
doing more work on your heart chakra or doing womb work or womb healing. So these two aspects, I think, can really start to awaken these parts of us that, well, first, I think there's usually some grief or pain that comes up from what I've seen with people, um, unfortunately, but I think there's um, kind of undoing those layers of pain or grief or trauma, you know, help us soften actually, because we actually, a lot of us, you know, trauma stored in the body, you know, we have all these like places of tightness in our body and, you know, we store feelings as well. So it's like when we start to work with the body more, so our heart, our wounds, you know, even just like working out or, you know, starting to move our bodies in different ways or heal our body, then we can start to soften and undo those layers. So then we kind of lose a bit of that hardness, a bit of that stiffness and even, um, yeah, so first the body. So let me say to the question. <laughs> so I think coming back into the body um, in whatever way calls you, like for a lot of people, it's like, oh, I start with yoga, right? Or I start with working out. But I think it's also like allowing yourself to, to play as well, like allowing yourself to, to move without a purpose, to dance without, you know, without worrying what it looks like, um, to really allow yourself, like allow your body rest. So like really connecting to the body more. And another aspect of the feminine, I think getting into the feminine is reconnecting to nature. So for me, I realized I was kind of living a very like fast paced city driven life. And when I started to connect to my feminine more, I started to seek more time in nature, more time in the forest, more time by water. So I found myself naturally kind of pulling away from this really high paced, hectic energy and kind of craving more of this like nature and that doesn't have to be for everyone's, maybe not everyone has access to that so easily, but I think it's really just, you know, acknowledging maybe your connection to nature. And that can also be in like how, you know, plants that you have or herbs that you use. So it's like, even if you can't get to like an ocean or a forest, it's like, okay, like how can I connect to um, earth in some way, whether or not it's what I eat or what I grow or going there. So I think that's like a very easy, intangible way to start to connect to that feminine energy more I love that it's so crazy as you're talking because <clears throat> I was thinking back to when we went into lockdown we went to go stay at our farm we have this beautiful farm on the middle of nowhere and it was such a like it was such a that experience cracked me open but for <laughs> lack of a better way of explaining it but the two things that I committed to throughout, we were there for five weeks was moving my body every day and we were out in nature. <laughs> so it's crazy that you brought those two up because I think that was like also such a deep healing process for me and reconnecting to myself, my soul, my body and all of that and spurring me on into to what I'm doing today, essentially. Um, so I love that you brought those two up. I love, love, love that. And also mm -hmm. I also find when I'm, when I'm practicing yoga and I'm really present in my in the moment and connected to my body, I have so many like things that I channel and that come through in that time. Like I'll just be randomly outside doing a yoga class or whatever, and all these incredible ideas come through to me. And I'm like, it must be from this movement and just being fully in my body. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a really important thing to bring up is like actually being in the body when you do this, because it can be that, you know, we exercise and we do things, but we're still like kind of in our heads. Right. So it's like, we're still like processing the day and we're not really present. And we're thinking about like what came before and what came after. And it's like, obviously yoga is like this intense practice of actually being like truly present. Um, but it's like with anything, right. So it's like any kind of like movement that we do, it's like, you know, trying to get fully present, making sure that we're breathing and really feeling like how the body feels, even when you're doing that and like paying less attention to like, I have to look a certain way or what if I look bad, you know, it's like more like getting as present as you can. Mm-hmm. Cause otherwise that. getting back into your body is kind of like not going to help. Right. It's like, Oh, yeah. I worked out, but like, but you know, how were you doing it though? Yeah. It's so true. And I like, I think back to the days I used to like be quite into my gym and stuff. And I always used to go to the gym, get the workout done, leave. And then when I started mm-hmm. doing yoga and really connecting to my body and then going back into the gym, it was like a completely different experience for me. It was so crazy because you like focused on the breath and you're actually like focusing on the movement and making sure your form is right and feeling the muscles contract. And it, like, it was just so much of a more like, embodied practice if that makes sense and it was crazy like just being present and connecting to your body can bring so much more awareness to your body Mm -hmm. yeah and it's you know and that's kind of the the funny thing about embodiment I think is that sometimes we think embodiment has to like look a certain way or like some fancy practice or like some really sexy practice or whatever that is but there's actually like being embodied can just be in like how you eat, how you work out, you know, how you wash yourself, you know, like all of these different things. Like we don't really, it's, I think really hard for anyone to really be super intentional and embodied all of the time, but it's like really bringing that into, you know, more of the, even the day-to-day things. Mm, Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about a little bit more about embodiment because this is also something that I have been like so drawn to lately because mm-hmm. I mean I'm going to call myself Archer but being a coach like I started to realize like I'm more in the mind and in the body with the way that I teach and, and the tools that I give so I want to bring more of that embodiment in because I've seen so much benefit in my own personal life doing these embodiment mm-hmm. practices so for someone who has no idea what embodiment is and how to start connecting with their body more, what advice would you give them? Um, I think the first thing I would recommend is slowing down and moving intentionally or, you know, it's whatever it is, slowing down and being intentional. Like that's like the basics of it, right? Like when I would do some moon ceremonies and I would kind of do like, kind of like very intro to embodiment with, with the women there. Like I would just, you know, pick a playlist. I would set up a playlist for them and, you know, I would ask them if they felt comfortable, like, you know, to close your eyes, I would guide them in breathing. I would tell them, you know, to move very slowly and I would guide them in kind of slowly getting into their bodies and slowly moving more and more and more and then eventually 
you know, they were kind of free. They were free the whole time to do what they wanted, but it was really about getting them to, to slow down. Cause it's like, I was very clear, like, this isn't some crazy ecstatic dance where you just like, you know, do whatever you want. Like, that's cool. And that has a place, but I was really trying to get them to, to slow down and just be intentional mm-hmm. and not feel that something has to look a certain way as well. I think with embodiment, we can get caught up um, like an embodiment practice can be very sensual, for example. And then some people maybe think, oh, it needs to look a certain way. And it's like, no, not necessarily. It's more about you really feeling into to your body and allowing the body, you know, to move and to find space in the body. That's something else. Like, where can I create space? So I think in embodiment, we kind of realize a lot of us are feeling very tight and very closed and very constricted. So embodiment is like helping us come into the body, but also creating a bit more space, a bit more openness. So really expanding in our physical form in some way, even if it's just by breathing into that area, like breathing into your belly, like deep belly breaths, for example, can be just a great, like even some of my clients, it's one of the first things I just teach them, like learn to breathe into your belly. That's it. Like stop breathing here and start breathing into your belly. It doesn't have to be again, like something fancy. It's just you starting to connect to other parts of you. Mm, I love that. And I think it's so important what you said about like getting out of the head, because I've noticed that so much um, when we have retreats and stuff and we do these kind of embodiment practice where we do, we do like breath work and like toning and, like ecstatic dance and all these things and, uh, and you can see how uncomfortable people are because they're still in their heads they like what yeah. is it going to think about me if I dance around like a crazy chicken or what are people going to think about me if I let out this like weird sexual noise in the middle of the <laughs> retreat you know and I'm like that's not what it's about it's about separating yourself from the head and going completely into the body and just allowing your body to do whatever she feels like she wants to do in that moment to get whatever she needs out of that moment yeah yeah exactly exactly and it's um when I would do these sort of like when I would do ceremonies I always made sure like the lights were really dim there was just candlelight like and I asked people to close their eyes if they felt comfortable because I didn't want people looking around and thinking like oh but she's moving around a lot and I'm not you know (laughs) because then they are already placing a judgment on that experience and I yeah I remember one time at a retreat like a small weekend retreat I I did some embodiment with them and um, it was really interesting for me to witness like some people who felt so uncomfortable and were just like, and you know, one person even told me I didn't like the practice and I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then other people were just like, wow, like I felt so much they were feeling like some were ready to cry, you know, so it's just really interesting to, to witness that, that unfold in people but you know, kind of holding space for all of that is also um, something, you know, that you learn. And I'm sure you've learned as well, like, you know, because a lot of people are in their heads. So it's like, okay, you know, and then the second day, I remember on the retreat, like by the second day, it's like some people were starting to be like, okay, like I, I can do this, right? Like, I don't need to 
even if I just kind of sit there and sway or I don't really do much, like that expression is also accepted, right? It's not like I have to do something. Mm -hmm. Like that's not what embodiment is. It's like allowing your body to feel. And if you feel awkward, then it's like, okay, then you feel awkward. So it's like, where does that feeling, where is that in your body? Is there any tightness? And just like starting to tune into that and not feeling so, um, you know, not even having to fix it right away. Mm, just being with it Mm -hmm. Mm. and I mean it's come up so much with you talking is like that comfort and I think that is also such an important thing to remember when you do start these embodiment practices is like you don't have to like throw yourself into a retreat like that's literally in the deep end where you're around people like doing things you've never done before like there are ways you can start to practice this in a space where you do feel comfortable because obviously like anything change is uncomfortable and like trying something new is always going to be weird in the beginning especially when it's so far into you and you've been operating like head up your entire life so I think it's so important to remind everyone that's listening that it's so important for you to build that comfort around it but obviously not avoiding it because it's out of your comfort zone but like you can't drop into your body if you are not feeling safe enough to do so yeah yeah oh I love that like if you don't feel safe enough to do so um I think cultivating safety like in your body and you know creating safety through other work like inner child work and so on like really like learning to create that safety for yourself is is really important because I mean, as you know, even like in a breathwork practice, someone can get like really overwhelmed and then they're like, oh no, I can't do it anymore. And it's like, you know, again, like really learning like, okay, how do I create a safe environment for me to try this? Or, you know, can I go with someone who I feel comfortable with? Or, you know, how can I take this baby step? Or, you know, how can I check in with myself and be like okay like how was that experience for me like Mm, I love that I love that yeah comfort and safety is so important with anything that we practice especially in this like spiritual realm that we find ourselves in because again like I said you can't you can't do anything until you feel completely safe and grounded and secure in your own being because you're Mm -hmm. going to be distracted feeling uncomfortable feeling okay like if you're in a a social environment feeling like you're being judged or being watched or someone thinks you're weird you know so like for those of you who are starting this journey like at the beginning at the bottom wherever you want to like term it just like get yourself feeling safe and comfortable in an environment first I mean you can start in your own home (laughs) like in your comfy clothes no one has to be watching you like it's it's still going to feel uncomfortable especially if you've never done these environment practices I can tell you that from experience but small steps like you said small steps every day lead to these quantum leaps so mm-hmm. such an important thing that you touched on um do you have favorite embodiment practices or like your top two or three that you'd like to share with with everyone listening um hmm. yeah so one of them is actually the one that I did for your master class so it's like allowing um so you would you know I'll kind of like set the scene so you would lie down you would start to 
you know, just kind of notice your body, notice the sensations, you would start breathing and you would start to connect to your lower belly, to your womb, essentially. So we're really about a lot of my work now is kind of connecting to the womb. And in that, you know, we start to breathe and we start to feel into that part of our body because we don't really breathe there. Like even belly breaths, like, you know, we're constantly breathing you know, very shallow breaths at the top of our body. So if we start to kind of really dig in when we breathe and start to breathe into that area and, you know, start to just find the sensation and sort of like, if you feel comfortable, you can start moving and just like swaying your hips and just, you know, allowing your body to, to feel in this lower part, like allow yourself to feel this lower part of your body. So that's like a really basic practice. And then you would keep your, your legs up and your feet rested, but, you know, just coming into this breathing and slow intentional movement while connecting to your womb. So something like this, and it's like, you know, you're not trying to push, you're not trying to like, get really crazy or do anything over the top. It's really just like, I noticed my womb. Okay. I'm breathing into this area. Okay. Like, you know, just like breathing and creating space and noticing anything that comes up or feelings. And if there's anything that comes up, you know, of course, when we do any kind of um, embodiment work or breath work, you know, there's titration. So it's like, you want to only take on as much as you can in that moment. So it's like, you don't want to, you push yourself gently, but it's like, you know, you don't take on too much. So, you know, just, knowing that you can just breathe and relax into this area and then if you want you can start to move and sway and kind of allow that movement and another thing another basic thing that I just teach clients is just like embodied dance so it's literally just you know finding some music that you like looking for someone's playlist anything you want you know finding music that's not really fast-paced but like music that allows you to slow down and moving in a slow and intentional way and making sure that when you move you continue the movement that you allow the body to really flow so it's like finding your flow allowing your flow to come in and you know again like we talk about these things don't have to look pretty they don't have to look sexual or sensual like sometimes embodiment practices yeah they if we connect to our sacral or our sexuality or you know we're connecting more sensuality they can look that way but it's like really allowing your body to move in a way that feels good to you Mm. and not um, placing any expectations on how it looks or how uh, even how long it is like sometimes it's like you if you just have 10 minutes like you can practice being embodied for 10 minutes like it doesn't need to be this whole hour long breath work, uh, for example, even though I love breath work and that's probably one of my favorites personally um, right now, like I love breath work, um, but you know, just simple practices, those are really what tune us into our body on a daily basis. And I think what you said, like I've heard the word intention so much and it's, it's so powerful because I think a lot of people like, come into the scene and they like want to try all these different things, all these different like tools and practices and rituals, but they never 
do it with intention and like for me this is just my opinion but for me if you do anything without intention it's kind of lost it's lost on me like for me doing a ritual is like bringing your intention to life right so you mm-hmm. I mean let's talk about a full moon ritual you don't just go sit under the moon light candles put your crystals out and you've done a ritual like you have to go with intention you need to like have some kind of idea of what you want to achieve from the time that you're spending doing this ritual doing this practice so I think bringing the like intention to the forefront is such an important thing especially when you start to do these kind of embodiment practices because again you're going to get stuck in the head and feel like you look silly or you're not doing it right or whatever but if you go in with the intention just to connect with your body to connect with your intuition or whatever it may be you can't feel silly because you're doing whatever you're feeling called to do in that moment to connect with whatever it is you're feeling called to connect with in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you bring that up like this sort of, you know, going in and like, I'm going to do this, right? And then I'm going to do this ritual or I'm going to do this breath work. And then again, we're still coming at that with like a very sort of like doing energy and not in this sense of being. And I, I sometimes see that a bit in spirituality and self-development where people are so eager to like consume, right? So it's like, we also have to be aware of like how we are consuming (laughs) and how we are creating, right? So I think a lot of this should be about us creating, right? Creating a ritual, not like, okay, I need to try this plant medicine now. Okay, I need to try breath work. Okay, I need to buy all of the cards. I need to buy all of the crystals. Because again, that's still coming from like a very sort of, um, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's based off of like this consumerism, right? And it's like, that's not how we should be developing ourselves or doing our practices. It's like, okay, on to the next thing, right? Like I tried mushrooms, so I'm gonna try ayahuasca now, or (laughs) I did this and now I can do this. So it's like, sometimes I see that people are really eager into like, I want to try all these different things or like onto the next thing, onto the next thing versus like actually digging deep into like, okay, like what if I just focus on one or two things that I know will really bring me more fulfillment or that will bring me more growth. Like you don't need to do like all of the fancy practices and buy all of the tarot and Oracle cards and go to every retreat possible. You know, it's like actually just like choosing like, a few things or one or two things where you're like, I really am dedicated to this. I'm dedicated to this ritual. I'm dedicated to this embodiment practice. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I think that like pretty much sums up why embodiment practices are so important because it helps you connect to what your body really needs right Mm -hmm. now in this moment. Instead of facing mm-hmm. like chasing the fads and buying all the crystals and the mm-hmm. oracle cards and all that stuff, like really just sitting and connecting to your body, and be like, what do I need in this moment right now? That's what mm-hmm. it is, and I feel like that's the most powerful thing you can do for yourself is really just listening to yourself and seeing what you need in that moment. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, that's also been such such a journey for me recently. Is like putting myself under so much pressure to like have a morning ritual and make sure mm-hmm. I journal and make sure I meditate and make sure I do all the things. And I'm like, I'm actually finding myself resenting these practices so much because I'm, I'm making it such a masculine process where it's on a to-do list and I have to tick it off and make sure I do it every day. And I'm like, wake up in the morning, mm-hmm. check in with yourself, see how you feel. What do you feel like 
you need right now it might be tapping it might be yoga it might be meditation it might be reading a book it might be running a hot bath and just soaking in the water you know and it's like just really listening to my body and and asking her what she needs in this moment to start my day off the way mm. she wants to start the day off <laughs> yeah no thank you for bringing that up I talk about this with clients all the time like when we cultivate their mor- morning ritual and they're like okay, like, what should I do? Like, I'm like, this is for you to start to, to ask yourself, like two, two questions, three questions, like, what does my body need? What does my heart need? You know, what does my mind need? So it's like, you know, asking yourself, maybe even just one of these, like, what does my heart need right now? What does my body need? And not allowing yourself to, to feel like, okay, exactly. Like I have to do this every morning. And if I don't, and then again, we carry this, like, oh, I feel guilty because I didn't do my morning ritual. And it's like, this is, this is like, it's about nourishing yourself. It's not about creating this whole, like, and I think we all have it. Like, sometimes I have it where like, oh, I haven't done a breath work in a while. I need to go do breath work, you know, but it's like, am I doing that because my mind says it, or am I doing that because my body is like, we need to breathe. Like we need a really good breath work. So it's like always like allowing yourself that fluidity as well. And like allowing the ebbs and flows because yeah, honestly, I don't think your morning ritual should look the same every day, especially if you're, um, especially if you're a woman, because Mm -hmm. your hormones are changing. Like every week is different. Like every day is different. So Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that's so beautiful. And I think it's such an important message. Like if you want to step more into your feminine, you have to be willing to let go of the structure that you've allowed lead your life for so long and just do stuff intuitively. And again, Mm -hmm. if you're just starting out, it's going to feel so weird. Like, can you imagine? I I can imagine myself starting out being like, what is my heart one today? I'm like, what what, what does that even mean? You know, but just continue with it. Like, really drop into the moment and just whatever comes up comes up and I think also one of the biggest things for me was like when I started this whole journey you watch movies and you read books and like everyone's like messages that they get are like so profound and like so vivid but sometimes it's just like hearing like a word in your mind or a thought that comes into your mind and that can be your heart communicating with you or your womb communicating with you it's not like you're gonna hear this like godly voice in the back of your head being like show me more love today you know <laughs> it's coming from you so naturally it's gonna be a thought in your head or like a feeling that overcomes you or whatever it may be mm-hmm. yeah exactly I think the allowing for the simplicity right it's not And that's also where we get caught in like, oh, I want this like deep message or I want some guidance or I want, you know, we want some answer to something and really, um, yeah, just allowing yourself more simplicity. Like, do I just need movement? Do I need water? Do I need breath? Like, you know, it's like, so we make it so complicated sometimes (laughs) as humans. (laughs) That we do. (laughs) Amazing, Stephel. This has been such an interesting chat. Thank you so much for just giving up your time to spend some time with me on the podcast. Um, before we go, I want to just let you share anything that you have coming up, any offerings that you have, the ways that people can connect with you. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So my my Instagram is Pursuits of the Heart. Uh, so you can easily contact me there. And for my offerings right now, so far, I just have a monthly ceremony called Honor Your Temple, which is really about us coming into embodiment. And in that embodiment, we work every month is a different theme. So one month, maybe, you know, connecting to our feelings. Another month is like, you know, how does embodiment help us in manifestation? Um, Embodiment kind of embodiment and love will be the one for May. So like, how do we become, how does embodiment help us, you know, really drop into love and express love and experience love. So each month is different. I have one-to-one mentorship, coaching, and healing all rolled into one. And those are the two main things I'm thinking this summer of doing some group program or some course, but that will be determined later. Amazing. Amazing. The temple sounds so incredible and so juicy. (laughs) Yeah. Join one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you should. I'll link all of that stuff in the show notes as well. So it's a lot easier for people to find you. But again, thank you so much for spending some time and just sharing your beautiful wisdom and your knowledge and your techniques and just your perspective on embodying the feminine. It's been so beautiful chatting to you. Thank you so much, Roxy. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. If you'd like to connect with me, you can follow me on my favorite platform, IG at aligned with underscore purpose. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. Please feel free to share this episode with anyone that you think would benefit from the info in their own journey. And until next week, stay in perfect harmony, gorgeous.